1: Welcome to episode three of the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Bree Tucker.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. How are you?
1: <laughs> we are we're we're hanging in there this morning. Um, I'm just I'm a little under the weather, honestly, but it's tough. It's, it's
0: tough. It's rough when when that's the case for sure. So. and for once, I'm actually not dealing with any headaches or anything for once. So yeah, it's crazy. I'm normally the one who's like, ah, "I feel so great.
1: Well, we woke up all good this morning. And then my son had kind of a homework meltdown mm-hmm. this like right at the beginning of school, which was kind of, it was, uh, it was very characteristic of him at the beginning of this online schooling. But since it began, he's been handling it better. Yeah. And then this morning, it was a uh, mom, I can't focus mom like this doesn't make sense to me and just breaking down crying and I realized that something must have been off.
0: Because you were like, that's not his normal.
1: That's not his normal. Yeah,
0: he can have yeah, he can get have the meltdowns. Yes, but not to this extent. That's not his normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I let him rest. And then after a little bit of resting, he's like, I have a stomach ache. And then it's, I have a headache. And then me in all of my like craziness, I'm like, am I getting sick too? Is it COVID? Well, it- I was
0: going to say in this day and age, like right now, any ailment makes you not like, makes you, I started to say nauseous, makes you anxious. Yeah. It makes you anxious. Because the list of symptoms are insane. And then there's the other factor too of that. It's a lot, it, it's a little bit more difficult yeah. to get the care that you need now because well if you have like three or four symptoms everybody's like nope not gonna see you exactly exactly so
1: we're just gonna keep a watch on it I don't think it's COVID I think it's just my uh my
0: my craziness talking well we did have some it, this is monsoon season out yes. here too so we had a lovely a, a storm that came through late last night so mm-hmm. threw some stuff up in the air it's been a lot of wind lately which oh, never does well for those of us with allergies It gets a little icky, but today we
1: are going to be talking about that resistance to homework. In fact, we're going to dial it down to four homework personalities that you can kind of look for in your own kids, and we're going to give you specific strategies on how to deal with each one.
0: That is great. I know that I have a couple of these at home, so that's the other thing too. Like You're going to hear this, and I think you're going to have some... Definite key personalities, right? Yes, definite key personalities, but it is going
1: to be a good one. So let's go. You want mom life to be easier. That is our goal, too. Our mission is to raise more self sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode will tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our own lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So let's talk about these four homework personalities and how parents can use them to deal with resistance to work. Now, these homework personalities, they come from the research that I did from my book last year called Drama-Free Homework. And it was after interviews with many parents and my experience as an elementary school teacher that I found that there were like four ways that kids were usually responding when it came to homework. And so I grouped them into these four personalities so that you could easily find them in your kids. And we also we also have a quiz for you to take on them
0: because who doesn't love a quiz? Who doesn't love a fun quiz? We love quizzes,
1: and you can find that quiz at noguiltmom.com backslash episode 003. But you may just be able to identify your kid's Homer personality by hearing us talk about it right now.
0: Right, I can guarantee you are going to hear a few of these things, and you are going to go, "Oh yeah, totally my
2: kid."
1: Totally, yep. sounds totally. Right. And these personalities, like they, your kid might have a lot of them. In fact. Right. Different days, your kids might have a different personality. I mean, who has dealt with that before?
0: Or even different personalities with different subjects. Like yes. I, my yeah, my daughter will be one way with English lit, but then a completely different way when she's dealing with math and science.
1: Yeah. So definitely like their frustration and their tolerance level in regards to different subjects can have an impact on their personalities. So with that, let's let's just get into it. We have number one is the quick quitter. Yes. Gotta love the alliteration.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. And we all know this one. We, we we have this kid. Every single one of us has had this kid at some point in time.
1: Yes. You the, know. the kid who just gives up as soon as they are encountered by any type of struggle.
0: Can't do it. Drops the pencil and was like, done.
1: Done. Finish it.
0: Nope. Can't do it.
1: I've seen kids throw pencils across the room. I've seen kids just like shut down
0: completely. This is typically when my daughter just uh, will just throw things down and just say, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I don't know it.
1: Oh, yeah. This is uh, my son has these tendencies. And my daughter actually had these tendencies when she was a kindergartner.
0: But then it moved through.
1: It she, moved through. She she moved on. She's able to handle it a little bit better and notice this in, within herself. So she can kind of self-correct a little bit.
0: That's really amazing. I, I think that that's a really helpful tool to have to be able to be that self-aware.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, quick quitter. If you are starting online schooling with your child and let's say this is the first day uh, of your online schooling and your child just melts down, like gets mad at all the links they have to find for all their classes and just throws themselves on the floor or in the case of our house, it was stomping to their room and slamming the door shut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That can definitely happen in the beginning. Doesn't necessarily, though, mean that this is what you're dealing with all the time. No, it doesn't mean it's what you're
1: dealing with all the time. But the quick quitter, it's really that belief that they don't have what it takes to get the job done.
0: And I think a lot of times when you're dealing with this, you also then kind of become the parent that wants to come to the rescue and help fix things, right? Yes. We might answer the questions. We might be like, oh, just hear it. Or we sit down and we're attempting to help but we find ourselves actually doing the problem for them.
1: Yeah, it's when the cheerleader comes out. Like, I have to fight this within myself too because my son will want to quit and your first instinct as a parent is to be like, no, you can do this. Look, let's
0: do this one right here. What's the next one? And they're here going,
1: no, I can't do it.
0: Yeah, and the next thing you know, you look down the paper and you've done three questions for them.
1: Yes, (laughs) it becomes your homework instead of the kid's homework.
0: Uh, So, all right, so... What can we do about this quick quitter? What are are the things that we can do to work on it? So
1: what these quick quitters need to believe is that that they have the capability to do the work. They need to believe that they can solve it for themselves. And many times it is a question of just mindset. It's that difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset, which uh, if you're not familiar with it, there's a great book by Dr. Carol Dweck uh, called Mindset and Basically, she breaks it down into people have either one mindset or the other. The fixed mindset says that you're as smart as you're ever going to be and no amount of work will make you smarter. I mean, I have that. Boo. Boo. I had that mindset growing up, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every time like I saw someone better than me, like I shouldn't say it that way, but every time I saw someone uh, have an easier time achieving something than me. I would take it as I'm not good enough. Why should I even try that kind of thing? So I really know what this fixed mindset person is going through.
0: That's a rough one. Well, I I don't know. I always had that whole, I can't do it. Okay. I'm going to work really hard and I will figure it out. And it, that's done me well in a lot of areas, not all, but there are a lot of things I could pick up that. I was just awful at in the beginning. But
1: You're you're a very growth mindset personality. I don't know
0: where I even necessarily my parents, I guess, are growth mindset. I don't know. I never really like thought about that as a child, but yeah. It just it was always a matter of like just keep working at it and you'll get it. And it's like, okay, then I guess I'll just keep working at
1: it. That's awesome. Because I can tell you, though, the fixed mindset, just because you're born a fixed mindset. or Doesn't
0: mean you can't change doesn't it. Doesn't
1: mean you can't change right? it. Because I am very growth mindset now. Um, it's not my first go-to, though. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that I can realize that I'm thinking in a fixed mindset sort of way. And I can correct it. in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast "Who Smarted" and Netflix's "Brainchild," comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode
0: follows Max and Molly. I gotta say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles. Hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with
1: my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a like cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like, he thought it was really cool.
0: Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday.
1: So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods.
0: Okay, so that's... That's hilarious you're saying that because I'm just going to give everybody a little a little insight here. So it, this is, you know, podcast number three. Yeah. It's been a little bit of a rough start trying to get these mics working and get Audio's going. hard, guys.
1: Audio's hard.
0: Yes, it's very hard. And yet you have yet to stop. Like every time there is a problem, you're like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to figure it out. And you're just over here, plugging away, reading different like links, different articles, and figuring out how to fix it. And then sure enough, like within the same day, you've got the problem fixed.
1: But I, I did not start like, I I didn't, I was not that way as a child. So
0: I'm just saying, seeing that now, though, you have definitely embraced that growth mindset and I see it in you on a regular basis.
1: And it's only because I was made aware of what the growth mindset is and the fixed mindset is. I was told that, hey, this thought that you have that you can't accomplish anything, it's complete like BS. It's It's not. It's
0: crap. It is. It's crap. Because.
1: All you need to do is just keep working on it. And the only way you're going to fail is if you give up. But if you don't give up, you never fail. Yeah, see, there you go. So, so that's what the quick quitter needs. The quick quitter needs to know that there are these two mindsets, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. That is one big thing that you can help your child with. The other big things are if they are trying to quit on a question, instead of kind of leading them along and telling them answers, you can point to information that'll help them solve it, such as math problems. It's mm-hmm. usually math problems. It's like, okay, well, what do you need to solve this problem? Ask them that question. Right. And they might be, oh, like this number here, or this number there. That's like ideal world they might be. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Most of the time, it's like, I don't know. Once you can get them calm, that I do love math, because I will say this. When you're dealing with math homework, the, the beautiful thing about math is that there's always an example page where they work through it step by step somewhere in the book. Mm-hmm. So depending upon what math program they're using, sometimes it's real easy to find what page to flip back to. Sometimes it's a little harder, um, but you can flip back to the page and be like, okay, this problem and and that's what I am. I always look for a similar solution to something. Yeah. So which problem looks like the problem I'm dealing with? Okay, let's go through that one together step by step and then we'll just flip back and forth. So like we'll I, I I'll do that when I was helping my my son or my daughter with their stuff. We would go back and go, okay, read this part of the question. All right, this looks like that part. All right, so what do you think we do now? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, um, I would hear <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And I would just go, okay. And then they would notice they weren't getting anywhere with me and they'd be like, maybe this. And I'm like, okay, let's try it. Let's
1: try it. Just saying, let's try it. But that brings up a great point because if they are constantly pushing back and resisting, I'm giving you permission right now, mamas. Just skip the problem, skip the problem. And sometimes the scariest thing for kids, at least my kids, when they're pushing back against my help, I'm like, okay, well, let's just circle this and um, we can just tell your teacher that you weren't, you were too frustrated during homework and you didn't get it done. And sometimes that's enough to be like,
0: no, their eyes eyes get huge and they're like, what?
1: Yeah, it is not your responsibility, parents, to do the homework. And if the kids don't want to do the homework, teachers will get them in class. Being a former teacher, right? I had my
2: ways.
0: And, and I'm going to just go out here on a limb and say, uh, maybe your kid isn't the first kid that's ever had that frustration, mm-hmm. and the teacher might know that. The teacher knows, yeah. So then with us, I know as parents, sometimes we feel like it's a bad reflection upon us, right? I know. I oh my know, gosh. Yes. How could I let that happen? The teacher's going to think I'm a slacker. And the truth is, The teachers expect it. Right. They totally expect it.
1: And if, you know what? And if they're a newer teacher and they don't respect it, they just don't know what parenting is yet.
0: (laughs) Because we've all been there. We were all the best parents in the world before we had
1: kids. Yes. all We had so much parenting advice to give before we had kids. (laughs) I know,
0: right? We we were like, I'm going to get this down. Perfect.
1: So those are three things you can do if you have a quick quitter. You can uh, help them find the facts. You can just leave the room and refuse to engage teach them about the growth mindset. Oh, I'm going to have four things in here. I lied. Yeah. And you could just have them skip the problem.
0: Yeah. And and the whole mindset thing, though, let's just be honest, that works with every single one of these. It
1: works with every single one of them.
0: It's a big, it's a big Mm -hmm. game changer.
1: This brings us to number two. The The other homework personality is the perfectionist.
0: Ah. perfectionist I believe I have one of those do you believe you have one I have one of those too our daughters who
1: are friends are both perfectionists.
0: yes very much so yes they're
1: and I mean I know where I know where my daughter gets it from she gets it from me
0: I don't think my daughter gets I don't think I'm a perfectionist I mean I can be very particular about some stuff but I I don't I don't think I'm much I fall under another category on this but uh yeah my daughter that always like she's not first or second She feels like she's lost. Really? Um, And I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect at everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have a little note here that just cracks me up. Perfectionists view mistakes as the
1: devil. They are the devil. They have to have everything correct, else it's no good.
0: Yeah. It's just, those are the, and I do see that all the time. Like, even, let's just say, like, an art assignment. Races it, scrubs it, like, the trash can is full, and I'm like, oh, I see we had art homework tonight. Hmm. How are we doing? Like, it doesn't have to be Perfect. But it's a tough one. It doesn't
1: have to be perfect. And perfectionists have a really hard time taking feedback too, which is makes them even harder to help. Right. I mean, I could tell you like perfectionism ran so strong with me that I never put myself in situations where I might fail. And because I didn't do that, like this was like college, high school, early 20s. But I, uh, I worked in the entertainment industry. I worked at a talent agency as an assistant. But before I got put on a desk, um, they had this position called floater. And you worked in the mailroom full time unless one of the assistants was absent for the day. And then they put you on a desk for the day. And so you had to take all of these agents' calls and, like, route them. And sometimes it was really fun because well-known people would call in. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, hello.
0: I got to talk to so-and-so today.
1: But um, (laughs) my first desk that I was put on as a floater, I dropped every single one of that agent's calls (laughs) like I dropped them all I had no idea how to work the phone system whatsoever and he was so mad he called HR on me and wanted me kicked off the desk oh it was bad it was really bad Um, And when uh, my boss in the mailroom told me that the next day, I I cried the entire day. He sent me on errands out of the office just so he would not see see my crying face. (laughs) I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. But that was just my perfectionist streak. I thought that that one mistake I made, that was the end of me and I was no good. And that's why I took it so incredibly hard. But you got to go through it. You just got to go through it. Because the next day I went, I went back and I got a chance again, thankfully. And this one, I rocked. I totally rocked it. And when I got on a desk for reels, um, I, I was, really good at phones <laughs>
0: yeah, you're all like that is gonna be my thing but I think that's true I think that a lot of our mistakes do uh, like things we've struggled with mm-hmm. kind of do define us like oh it was such a struggle that now I'm so good at it like come to me for anything I can totally get this down Just, yeah this, I had to work at it so hard
1: yeah because this struggle lets you see where the hard parts are and right. so then I feel like you can help other people through them easily so perfectionists, they just need to experience pain and failure, unfortunately, yeah. and they need to be pushed to do challenging things. That's
0: interesting. I, I, I can see that though. Like I, I would have on one hand thought that a perfectionist would have tried a lot, but on the other hand, I can see how, yeah, no, because there's a lot of fear of that failure and you can't have the failure. It's yes. You've got to be doing great at that. So. And-
1: And also reemphasizing that growth mindset with perfectionists. That's what I
0: was going to say. So the growth mindset seems like it would help a lot with perfectionists, like reminding them. And you had a really interesting story when you were doing the research for your book, Uh, talking about a study that was done with a group of children that were just told about it? Yeah,
1: that was okay. in Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. Okay.
0: Oh, so in there. And mm-hmm. all
1: they did with this uh, group of students, I think they were middle schoolers, is they separated the class and they told one group about the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And the other group, they just didn't tell anybody anything. Yeah, just and then they put two groups through a rather challenging like math program. like Maybe it was six weeks long. And what they found is that students who knew about the growth mindset actually performed better than the group who did not know,
0: regardless of where they were, regardless of where they were,
1: they were totally randomized. The teachers teaching them didn't even know who was told growth mindset or fixed mindset. Wow. Yeah. And so just
0: knowing just knowing this exists and that you can get better at things and that you can work through it. Mm hmm just That's has it. a difference. Yeah, it's a powerful stuff. Mind over matter people. Mind over matter. That brings us to
1: number 3, which sometimes perfectionists can lead into this one. This is the emotionally overwhelmed and overloaded kid. Um this might be me
0: occasionally. This too. might be you. <laughs> When I'm dealing with my, because, because I'm going to say this, like we are talking about the homework personalities for your kids, but these also might ring a little true with you on your work habits yes, for what you do when, when you're doing your work. And yeah, I think that sometimes I can definitely be the emotionally overloaded person sometimes. Like what's your
1: response when you're emotionally overloaded?
0: um, I, I have to find something else to distract myself to kind of move away from it. Like I don't. You take breaks. Yeah, I don't like break down and cry. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, oh yeah. Yeah. It's like it's welling up in there and I get frustrated. I start tapping. I just I, I need to come up with something else so that I don't get too much. I think you you've noticed that I will pull my hair. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I'll notice now. <laughs> a lot. I'm like, oh And if I'm if I'm in a work setting where I can be near my home or, or somewhere that I can I start cleaning. Oh.
1: That's
0: how I deal with it.
1: When you're really upset. Yeah. So you've found coping mechanisms to help you deal with it.
0: Well, and as an adult, I would hope I would. Yes. yes. So as as my children, when I see them go through stuff like this, I try to help them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so kids, you know, who are emotionally overloaded, they don't have these coping mechanisms. So it looks like You're what? seeing like tantrums no. or you're seeing like complete emotional shutdown where they just don't react to anything. They don't
0: even try. They just kind of like shut, shut the down. book, move on.
1: Yeah. And so when you see this in your kids, it's a sign they're done. They're done. There's no amount of cheerleading that's going to convince them. It's not a logical place they are right then. And so the best thing to do when they get into that state is to uh, have them take a break.
0: Right. And that's what we need, right? Yeah. As adults, I feel like we do start to feel ourselves get overwhelmed and we know when to step aside and take a break. Yes. But as kids, not only do they not know that, but I think sometimes as parents, when we see that, we're like, we see our kid not doing something and they're supposed to be doing their homework. We're like, why aren't you doing your homework? Yeah. We don't, we don't respect that break in our children. And it's not because we're mean. Mm -mm. It's not because we're like, you know, just trying to make them do all of this work it's because we don't realize that's what they need at that moment
1: yeah and it comes from a really good place with us we just want to make sure they get all their stuff done so that they don't get in trouble or fall behind i mean that's where it
0: comes from Right, because we want our kids to be successful yes and in all areas of life we want our kids to be successful and happy yeah
1: You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance.
0: The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are.
1: The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive
0: reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either
1: Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.
0: Yeah, so yeah. So giving, giving your child a break, that's, that's really great there.
1: And it's okay to quit for the day, too. I mean, our first day of online schooling, I let my son quit halfway through the day. Okay. Because it was a fight. It was a fight every second. And I just said, okay, you're done. We're done. Uh, I may have cried a little bit on the office floor, but
0: <laughs> I, but got,
1: he I didn't got over see it. That
0: necessarily.
1: I got over it. And uh, I emailed his teacher and just said, hey, this is a lot for a second grader. I know he's showing me these signs and uh, I think it's time. Like we just need a break for the day. Mm-hmm. And she emailed me back. She's like, I think that's a really good decision. Right, and great. most teachers will back you up on that. they'll be like, yes, this is this is really hard situation we're in right. and the young kids they're
0: they're having trouble right and the teachers only know so much of what's going on yeah if, if you don't reach out and give them that other piece yeah. really I mean even if they're in class, mm-hmm. they only know so much like you' you're, you're t- so even if your child is struggling uh, again, like looking at this as a homework thing like back in the traditional setting, your child is at school and they do homework at home, the teacher doesn't know that the child is having breakdowns at home.
1: No. Because
0: maybe they're not presenting like that in the mm-hmm. classroom. So communication is a huge help for that, right? I tell
1: I tell my kids' teachers if I see like a repeated behavior at home, like a tantrum like two nights in a row, I will reach out and be like, hey, this is happening during homework. What do you suggest? Yeah. And usually their suggestion is uh, they don't need to worry so much. I will talk to them.
0: Yeah. So that helps a lot.
1: Yeah. And – Before, though, before these breakdowns, if you Mm -hmm. if you identified your kid as emotionally overloaded and that's their first like reaction to things like what? Like you can chunk their work for them, which is just taking a few problems at a time so that they don't see all of this schoolwork they have to do. But they're just like, okay, I have three problems in math.
0: That's it. Yeah. I'm going to do three problems. Three problems. And maybe we take a break.
1: And then you take a break. Maybe you get to go play outside or maybe you get a
0: little gummy bear, which
1: we did in our house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That works a lot too. Yeah.
1: And you can give them just complete control of their work environment. Let them dictate when they work, where they work. Give them those choices. And I know some of you are listening and be like, what? No, you don't understand. They won't work otherwise. They might not. But giving them the choice first, you kind of, you give them that responsibility and you show that you have that trust in them. As long as they have that chance, then you can see what happens when they, when they get that responsibility, when they get that control and take it from there and talk to them about, okay, well, I saw that you decided to sit over there and do it and you had a hard time focusing. Where could you sit where you could focus better?
0: Right. Another really great example with your youngest, when he had to do his homework, he chose a different schedule than most kids do.
1: He did. He chose. And that
0: was a little scary. You had to put a lot of faith in him on this one. <laughs> he
1: did. When he was a kindergartner, he was just so tired at the end of the day that we were dealing with tantrums every night. And so I'm like, when do you want to do your homework? And He said in the morning before school. I'm like, oh, this goes against like every traditional like advice.
0: And I would just be screaming in my head, that'll never work. What if you sleep in? What if this? What if that? What if-? And you know what? I'd be putting a lot of my own things on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I let him do it. Uh, he's always been an early riser. And so once like he had to do it in the morning, he just sat down and did it right after breakfast. And he was done. And I didn't have to be over him. And he had more energy because he had gotten a full night's rest. So it worked out really well for us. He did change after, like, kindergarten, first grade that worked for him. Well, kindergarten, middle of first grade that worked for him. And then he didn't want to do it in the morning anymore. And so he did change back to okay. right after school. And well, then
0: again. now with this, it's... <laughs> but now with this, it's... When do you ever... This is all, like, all, all new rules. Blue. Yeah. But that was really cool, though, to see that that worked and that he was able to take control of that. And I can see why early in the morning that would definitely work. And especially, like... And you know it's Okay, I'm just going to roll back with this. Having something productive for that early riser to do, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, because that was always the rough part. My son would get up super early. He's in eighth grade now. It's like dragging him out of bed. But when he was little, he would get up at like 530. And I'd always be like trying to come up with something to keep him busy until we left for school at 730. So for two hours, I'm trying. Goodness gracious, there were so many. If I had let him do his homework in the morning, it probably would have worked out better for all of us. Because it was a little bit of a struggle to get him to do it after school. Yeah. Back in kindergarten. So,
1: Letting him do it in the morning. Yeah. My son yeah. has no problem filling his mornings. He just eats three breakfasts.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> uh, okay, now, number four. This one is is my oldest. Yeah. This one um, is, uh, so the fourth type of homework personality is the oblivious dreamer. Yes.
1: They don't yes. care if they miss assignments. La, 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 like, that la, la, teacher la. threat about not doing a problem doesn't really bother them. It's like,
0: meh. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care if they miss assignments. They, no. they don't care. It, it just, it, no. Nothing. I don't see the point. What's the point of all this? No.
1: So the best thing with them is that they need a connection for the work, uh, whether that's like a small reward for doing the work. And I'm talking really small and something that they decide on themselves, like say they really like Roblox. Uh, setting up something where when you do your homework, then you get to play Roblox. Roblox is your reward and connecting it to something that they love at first. Eventually with oblivious dreamers, they will find their motivation in homework. Mm -hmm. And I say eventually because it might sound like a very, very long and hard time until they do. Uh, especially if you have been used to motivating your child through the process and trying uh, to get yes. them to care about the work,
0: it's painful every step of the way when you're trying to motivate an oblivious dreamer. It is, it, but it's important to take a step back and realize what you're working with. Like, yes. I think that that this personality, this homework personality, is it, it gives you the most amount of ah once you realize that this is what you're dealing with mm-hmm. with your child because you're like oh. Okay, so, I, so I'm not going crazy. Mm-hmm. Every, there are other kids that are like this. Yeah. And it's not me doing something wrong, not motivating them enough. It's an internal thing. Okay, it's not just me. It, it, it helps to hear that because you think I'm just a terrible parent. I am completely slacking on this. And my child will never do anything ever in the world because nothing motivates them. Like you said, they just need that at the time.
1: It's that slippery slope of thinking, yeah. Just because they're not motivated by school does not mean nothing motivates them. They are motivated by something. Right. It's just kind of like the detective process to figure out what that something is.
0: So that's interesting because then I'm going to slightly relate this again with my own. But uh, with with my oldest, who is the oblivious dreamer, when he was younger, it was really hard to get homework done because he didn't have he didn't really care, yeah. and he went through a big uh, problem with that probably with fifth and sixth grade. Um, once he hit about halfway through seventh grade, uh, he kind of found his niche finally and figured it out. And I got to say, like he's he's been really successful now. We do a lot of just letting him do his own thing, mm-hmm. and he has his reward system. He knows when he gets to have his uh his hobby time, which tends to be working on uh making YouTube channels. Hey, that's that's a thing. I'm laughing because like he fullheartedly is like, I'm gonna be a YouTuber when I grow up and I'm like, Alright, you let me know how that works out in Come the meantime right. We're gonna keep going to school and hope for something else to pique your interest <laughs> you, you can go back to him and he's like i'm gonna be a podcaster when i oh wait oh, i know i know he's gonna be like well it works for you mom it you enjoy it you. but i mean so and everything too like going back to uh, just trying to find those little pieces and i think that's what helped like as time went on we found little pieces that motivated him mm-hmm. one thing he's terrible at spelling doesn't like spelling hates spelling homework can't stand it But we found that he loved Minecraft. So he built a world in Minecraft with a little, like, board in that world. And that's how he got to, uh, that's how I got him to study for his spelling test. Like, okay, well, when it's time to study for spelling, let me know. Turn on your computer and we'll do it in Minecraft. So he would go to Minecraft. I would give him his word and he would type it in. And just feeling like he was one there, I'm not sure, just the motivation that it was Minecraft, it made it so he actually looked forward to this activity that he hated for years years before that
1: that is amazing i think that that story gives people so much hope who have oblivious dreamers that just because they're not motivated now does not mean they won't be motivated in the future yeah
0: he is so motivated now he can do it all on his own i don't even have to check in like again we're doing the online schooling right now and he was already done with all of his work by this morning and it's thursday morning which means he gets to have the rest of thursday and tomorrow pretty much off that's amazing
1: yeah it's amazing
0: but an interesting thing to go with that the oblivious dreamer Uh, we do have something to help people with that. The homework... The Make
1: Homework Fun Pack. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes, which you can find at noguiltmom.com backslash episode 003. It's a free, fun, like, I. it's called a Make Homework Fun Challenge. Really what it is is it's a goal-setting <laughs> process for kids. And yes. they make a work-study goal where uh, it's, like, about being focused or completing assignments. It's really their choice what they want to make the goal about.
0: So I hear it's about choice. They're making about their choice. own choices, and then just finding their right technique. Like we give the power to them. We like, give it to them. Here's a whole bunch of really cool ideas. Try them. Don't try them. Try them. Yep. Yeah. Maybe and they
1: inspire something else. They name their own reward with it too.
0: Yeah.
2: So
1: it's really helpful. And we'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. So those are the four homework personalities: the quick quitter, the perfectionist, the emotionally overloaded child, and the
0: oblivious dreamer. Very curious to hear from people what yes. they have. Oh like, my
1: gosh. What their kids are like at home you should put in go and leave a review
0: of this podcast and put in there what your child is and what you found they were we would love to hear about it and i'm also very interested from my backgrounds in psychology it's my undergrad and i did a lot of studies on uh on uh gender and personalities. so i'm very curious as well yes how many are boys and how many are girls that are the perfectionist and the oblivious dreamer i i have some of my own hypotheses <sighs> I would love to see how those uh, how those play out. That'd but be interesting, yeah. I think I I think you see certain personalities, uh, these person these homework personalities at certain ages a mm-hmm. lot more. And I do feel like I hear a lot more of certain genders with certain uh, certain ones of these. So I don't want to, I don't want to throw out my bias to anyone. So I'm just curious to see what, what kind of feedback we get.
1: Yes. Leave a comment, leave a review. And in future episodes, we're going to take your reviews and read them. And maybe we'll have some good no guilt mom goodies for you for, uh, leaving a review. So until next time, remember that the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later.